This is the Business Stuff Podcast. This is where I will share the lessons I've learned from advising thousands of businesses over almost 30 years. Each episode will give you practical insight to allow you to learn from other people's mistakes. I'll be pulling in experts from our team and the world of business, and together we'll make sure your business is giving you what you want. My name is Martin, and this is the Business Stuff Podcast. Hello, it's Jack here from the Accelerator team, and I am joined by Will Wilkinson. Hello, Will. Hi. You How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Excellent. Good to see you. Been yeah, a while. Good, good to see you as well. So, Will, the, the reason how this whole podcast came about was that I met you in B&I. Yeah, I went one yeah. time. Yeah, one time, yeah. yeah. And you introduced yourself as a, as a professional golfer, and I was like, why the heck is there a professional golfer here in yeah. a business networking group? But then it kind of hit me. I went, well, of course you would. Like, like, professional sport is, I suppose, a business in its own right. So, yeah. not just people like yourself but like the, the entire industry of sport, like it is, it is essentially a business. So it's really interesting. Yeah. And obviously we're here to talk about the similarities between professional sport and, and, uh, and business itself. So it's really interesting. So um, be really interesting to kind of a little bit of background on yourself then in terms of like where you are in your professional career right now and kind of what your aspirations are and what the time, what the, what the kind of roadmap for you is to be in the next few, few years. Yeah, cool. So, I suppose, I should, obviously, I've started golf at eight, done all that. Um, played golf since then, so played it a while. Um, left school, I didn't go to college, so I stayed here and met uh, my coach, Steve Bainbridge, and we did some good work. Mm-hmm. And I had some good finishes at national level within our first year, and turning pro was always the goal. It was just a case of when. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a couple of things we needed to work on, technically, mentally, that kind of thing, before we probably went down that route and then just last August we decided to do that so I guess as a forecast you're kind of I'm playing Tartan Tour this year um, mm-hmm. so I just found out I'm getting into the first event so off that I can predict I'm probably going to play all 13 uh, which is a really nice place to be got a full, yeah. full season um, and then from here I guess just we're gonna if I play well and play well enough uh, key school is a very good place to be at the end of the year um, mm-hmm. The challenge show cards have reduced this year, so it's a little bit harder to get in through Clutch or Tartan Tour. So hopefully there'll be a few more cards at Q School and they'll look after the players there. And mm-hmm. I have a feeling that everyone's going to go there this year, so it's going to be really competitive. It is really interesting because <coughs> everyone probably thinks about professional golf and they're looking at like the Masters and this obviously new live, live golf stuff. Um, yeah, but there's, there's still that thriving kind of professional scene kind of underneath there where the, the, you know, the new talent develops. Yeah. And obviously that's where you are so that's fantastic yeah like players that have gone to college they can kind of get invites and bounce into high levels and the way i've decided to do it is just turn pro and ideally just graph my way up like Mm -hmm. sheer willpower sort of thing (laughs) i guess sheer sheer power of will yeah that's great fantastic mindset which is obviously something we'll get onto uh but it's probably Good to say that you are looking for sponsorship. If anyone out there is uh, <laughs> looking to sponsor you know, a professional golfer, then you know, feel free to reach out. <laughs> um, I suppose the first thing I wanted to quickly touch on before we get into the meat of it was uh, the, the history of golf as a professional <clears throat> sport is very interesting. And I just wanted to kind of touch on that and just be really interesting for you to explain kind of what that journey's been like. Yeah, so obviously starting like with the tours. Mm-hmm. Um, the PGA Tour is kind of, the earliest one and um, so that kind of was founded in 1916 um, and that was the main place to play and then along came the P- uh, the European tour 
1972. And that's now the GP World Tour. So everyone yeah. knows that is that. Um, and it's kind of split the, the hemispheres <coughs> in half. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, because before that, obviously, the PJ Tour was just a monopoly. It took all the players, had all the revenue. And then some players, obviously, through Europe, which used to go to European Tour. I assume back in the day it was a bit easier to do that. And then obviously, kind of, the European Tour players would stay there and try and get over and play a bit of both. And mm -hmm. you had the majors in between. So players were always going to be playing. But there was the that, that freedom of movement, though, for them to play, kind of pick and choose. Yeah, massively. I think in the tour, within the tours, you can pick and choose your events quite easily. Yeah. I would say a European tour player is going to find it quite hard with no exemptions to just go over to America and play. Mm -hmm. um, until recently, they still had to kind of go and earn their card as well. Um, so if you weren't exempt, there was a massive line mm -hmm. through the middle. Um, and then obviously Liv came in 2021, which is a big one, because obviously everyone's saying it's shaking up the golfing world, which it is, because the PJ Tour obviously makes its money off its players. And if players want to play four days and if they want to be away all the time, that works well. They can sacrifice a bit of money here and there for keeping tradition and doing mm -hmm. this. But then players were away for a long time during the year, especially the startups, because they need to make money. So now that Liv's come and they're offering lots of, uh, lots of money to these players and they don't have to play as much and spend time mm -hmm. with their families, a lot of them, especially the ones that are on the way out, are going to seriously turn mm -hmm. their heads at that. And I mean, that's probably where our first kind of comparison kind of exists is that um, that ultimately there are going to be disruptors in the market and that golf yeah. is, and professional sports no no different to that. And you see a lot of um, businesses market themselves as, as, as I said, disruptors, the ones that yeah. kind of shake it up and make things difficult for the status quo. So you think about like BrewDog, for example, that's kind of an example yeah. that immediately jumps to mind. Um, but also, like ultimately, it comes back down to motivation as well. And I think a lot of people probably assume that professional sports people are purely motivated by money. Yeah. Or by, yeah. Don't get me wrong, they, I'm sure they're quite happy with what they earn. And also, they love the thing that they do. But also, they're still, <laughs> they're still human after all. So when they're given yeah. the opportunity, you go, well, actually, how about if you earn more money or the same amount of money, but you have more time with your family, I think. A lot of people are yeah. going to be like, yeah. well, obviously, yeah, of course I am. Yeah, it's a no-brainer, exactly. Uh -huh. I think, like, people think athletes are these massive, selfish people um, who are just all after money and they want the fancy Particularly golf, yeah. For yeah, cool. massive or tennis golf. players, for example. Yeah, exactly. Individual sports. Yeah, because there isn't, there isn't as much coverage and you don't see as much of them and they're not big on social media, are they? And golf takes a lot of time, practice-wise, so... Mm -hmm. If they make one slip up, it's really easy to say, oh, he's not a very nice person. Um, mm -hmm. But they are selfish in the fact that they are making decisions to perform all the time. And every yes or no counts, basically. So every decision does count. But I think the ones that are really, really great at their sports are driven by something more than money. I think that they're driven by just a sheer will to succeed or win, or they just want to do something a bit different. And I think it's the same in business. I think the people who are just constantly Obviously, money does come into it, but if you're constantly looking at the books, you lose sight of a bit of intuition and a bit of like drive. If you want to create something, you're passionate and you have a vision, that's almost more powerful than a few numbers. But if the numbers aren't, numbers are a pointer. Like if they're not adding up, you probably need to change something up quite quickly. Totally, yeah. And that's where you see, again, like a lot of professional sports people, they're not universally liked, or very few of them are. And that's probably yeah. the same with business leaders in the world. Yeah. 
Yeah, Elon Musk, for example, like he's, yeah. he's like Marmite. Um, <laughs> and you know, the, the, there's, but that's all because down to their sheer attention to detail, the the determination of wanting to succeed. Yeah, and that comes at some of the more um, basic niceties that a lot of other people may think yeah. are kind of part of traditional business or or, or yeah. just just being a nice person where it yeah. doesn't always come across but when you're sheer yeah you've got laser focus on succeeding then some of that stuff gets you know needs to be removed basically yeah <laughs> it seems exactly. to be the case exactly i think when they make these decisions obviously you say no to people and this and that it can come across as really cold but mm-hmm. i can guarantee you they're feeling a little bit insecure about saying no um mm-hmm. they're not showing it but if they said a few no's and it it does add up. I think once you get saying used to know more and more, it's a bit easier, but it's still always hard to say no. And mm-hmm. if you're a nice person off the course and you obviously on the course, you've got this side to you that is really competitive. Yeah. Some people can be turned off by that side, especially they can think you're a little bit fake or something like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's really hard to kind of get a personality of an athlete from their playing because they're yeah. all out. They're there to win. They're not there for anything else. Mm-hmm. But then outside the course that's when you kind of see who they are really so, absolutely yeah yeah <clears throat> fantastic so i mean it's, it is really interesting that um golf is a fantastic mi- microcosm microcosm to look down to in terms of seeing what business is like within the sporting arena so in terms of um kind of talking about some of these similarities between professional sport and business the, there are quite a lot and we probably could be here for hours and hours talking about yeah. it but, um, we've kind of distilled it into a, a relatively short list and um, the first one that i've got down is like goal setting yeah which again within su- successful athletes always looking at kind of goals if it's like even if it's teams like the last dance for example the chicago, chicago bills doing the the three p and but these are very like simple effective but powerful goals that these people set and everyone can focus in laser focus it in on them mm-hmm. and again that's what we can see in business is that fair to say yeah i mean in terms of kind of your obviously you've got a very as as a professional athlete you, you've obviously got your own goals that you're going to set for the next 12 months 24 months as well yeah is that fair to say yeah yeah definitely i think so um there's kind of a bit it's a bit of a mismatch. I mean, we've worked quite hard at becoming a little bit, I guess it's one of the cliches again, like stoic. So we kind of were like, oh, the game's here. We need to work on this and this and this to improve as a player. But then by doing that, good things will happen. You can't predict when, like you can train all you want to go mm-hmm. to the tournament in the year. And if you have a bad day, you have a bad day. Yeah. But by doing the right things, you should take comfort in the fact that at some point you should be right. And yeah, you can say, so our goal for the end of the year is obviously go to Q School, do well at Q School and hopefully go up a level and mm-hmm. play on a little higher tour. Um, but once that's been set, break it down into smaller and smaller chunks until basically it's day by day, hour by hour, and then maybe just do a little few chunk points during the year um, to check you're on track and if not, tweak it. And you should always have a plan A, B, C, D. And mm-hmm. um, plan A is obviously do this, this and this to get there. and if something comes up that's when plan b plan c and yeah you change it up and sometimes things just don't go to plan and mm-hmm. that's okay too so absolutely being able to adapt and pivot and yeah. you're right in terms of like it is about breaking those goals down because even though you're dealing on a season by season basis just like businesses are dealing probably on a financial year basis 
Mm. You've got an idea of where you would like to be in 12 months time or at the end of the season. But again, it's, you need, you need something closer to home. You need those, those steps broken down. So in order to do that, I need to do this. And yeah, you can get down to the granular detail as much as, as much as possible. Like, as much as you as you prefer, I suppose. Yeah. Like if it's if it's getting down to it, like a day by day, like, well, this is what I need to do. These are the habits I need to instill. Then that's that works for people fantastically. Yeah. Other people, but it's important that people have more than just that. Right. This is what the turnover target's going to be. This is, these are the earnings I need. <laughs> yeah. for, you know, twelve months time in order to be considered as successful. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and there is yeah, as I said, that little that comparison. I, I would say between like a season and a financial year, which a lot of people can probably yeah, resonate with. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're a business, obviously at the end of the day to the general public, you are measured by the fact of how much you turn over. And it's no different in golf. Obviously as a golfer, you are measured by the scores you shoot and then in turn, the amount of money you get and everything's graded by how much money you've earned at the year. So for example, the easiest one to describe is probably DP World Tour. So you've got, 150 players and I think 125 they obviously 125th 150th they just lose their cards mm-hmm. um, and the ones that are in that are fighting but the only cases yeah those players the ones that lose their cards have just earned a little bit less than the ones that are slightly above and mm-hmm. it could come down to a thousand pounds and that a thousand pounds is a shot in one tournament and yeah. that one tournament you could have just lost concentration for a split second because mm-hmm. something came up the day before or that kind of thing so you have to really just mm-hmm. keep your cool and it is the same as business so you level up by any more money and yeah you can earn that money and put, invest it into yourself and improve as a player get more coaches employees because mm-hmm. um, you obviously employ your coaches and yeah you just kind of cycle up and up and up and then yeah. at the same time you can cycle down and down and down because it works both ways mm-hmm. as much as you want to be positive it can work both ways so exactly yeah. <laughs> again that's where contingency planning etc all of that yeah. stuff comes in as well yeah exactly Get down to plans D. Yeah. Uh, the second one we've got down here is on is kind of strategy, and this is obviously something that we bang on a lot about on the on the podcast. Maybe not bang on about it. something more positive than banging on about it. Um, yeah. But and again, it's um, it's about kind of being forward thinking, coming up with new ideas, planning, um, and kind of looking at, looking around to to see what potentially is you know happening in the wider world. And it's, again, it's the same with, with, with professional sport, I suppose, like you, you as a golfer will be looking at developing strategies based on, you know, things that external factors such as like the, the course maybe and the pin position and the weather conditions, etc. Yeah. And it's all about coming up with a plan that is going to be make you effective <clears throat> over the course of the tournament. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it is. Obviously, you'll play the, you'll usually play the course the day before. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll have a course planner and there will be a win there that day and mm-hmm. you can sort of obviously you'll log the win okay today was northwest and you put your arrows down on the course planner and then you look at the weather forecast the day after and you're like oh well actually it's switched so i'm probably gonna hit it here today and these bunkers are at 290 so you can sort of pick clubs off the yeah. day and then you'll get the pins on the day day before so you can put the pins in um so basically you can actually play the course in your head the day before mm-hmm. and you can play it with the wind in your head and everything so you can forecast what clubs you're going to hit from different spots and then once you play it in your head the day before all you're doing is going out the day after and doing what you've just kind of imagined but yourself doing essentially that's <laughs> coming down to you basically collecting all the data all the information possible in order for you to make the best possible decisions 
yeah. we can on the, on the business side again that's there is information out there there is data that you are about your business about yourself that you can then collect in order to make improvements for example so like <clears throat> looking at well let's look at our like age debt for example well mm. it shows that our credit control is not very good but that information's there out there and yeah. again it's in terms of developing a strategy of like well how do we improve our working capital yeah um by improving our like the amount of time it gets us, it takes us to get our money in for example so again it's professional sport is already very good at kind of information and data and insights and using that to improve performance yeah because you'll probably have a system am i right to do all that and get all the numbers and absolutely like yeah that? yeah so in golf we've well i've just got like an archive system so all you do tap the club and it'll say where you've hit your shots from say how far they were mm-hmm. and you'll get a statistical database of how many putts you're holding how the short game is like all of this and yeah basically at the end of the day it'll tell you what to practice if you don't already know what to practice it'll tell you exactly what to practice and go that's, practice your weaknesses and work on them and that's pretty awesome yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's that's yeah, yeah that's, it's really good but yeah that's that's <clears throat> phenomenal and you know there's a lot of sophisticated technology out there for for businesses and mm. in reality are they using any of the software they use to the maximum potential probably not and again yeah. like but maybe using maybe 20% of what, what they possibly can do. It, it may take a bit of bit work to get stuff set up to build new processes ultimately, but like, like the potential insights you can get just by you know, putting in that initial work to start off with is you know, massively beneficial. Yeah. And as I said, like professional sport, uh, absolutely streets ahead. Yeah. Yeah, you can get it literally to well, yeah, it's every shot. I mean, I don't know. People may or may not have watched Full Swing. Generally, it's just the golfers that watch it. This show has come out on Netflix, and yeah. Matt Fitzpatrick obviously has just won US Open like within the last couple of years, and he's got every single shot analyzed from when he was like 15. Mm-hmm. So he's got every shot, how far he hit it. So he's got every data point for his business for the last like 16 years, which mm-hmm. is frightening. And obviously, that's the extreme side in sport, mm-hmm. but in business, that's probably exactly what you need. So totally, I'd say, yeah. yeah, businesses are probably slightly more that kind of way driven but he's basically if you want to see what golf's like as a business go watch him because he's mm-hmm. got every metric of how to improve and what what to improve and what to work on so mm-hmm. he's a great example of the yeah the similarities at work mm-hmm. yeah he's so data driven that's yeah it's incredible i suppose that another area that we kind of look at which kind of is strategically based is again and maybe <coughs> linked to kind of the goal setting as well is that you mm-hmm. can as a professional sportsman having single clear goals in mind is that that can focus your decision making purely on um purely purely on well does me doing this make me bring me closer to the goal that i'm saying and, and that's the the mindset we try to like encourage with our within our businesses is having that clear purpose that mission where they can go like well with this decision and it becomes like that i suppose the um it becomes basically the the filter that they put through any decision it is like the, well if if i if we make this decision if we adopt this strategy does this ultimately bring us closer to you know achieving our mission or our goal yeah and again professional sport offers a fantastic insight into that mm-hmm. yeah definitely i'd say the one for me like making it personal would be 
I mean, my chipping is quite good, shots around the green, um, <clears throat> but my putting from inside eight foot is a little bit weak. I've been wary mm -hmm. of it for a while, start to say it, everything like that. Yeah. Um, but that's a great area for me to gain shots because A, I don't really chip it outside eight feet. So if I can haul out like world-class from there, mm -hmm. I'm not losing any shots around the green. So then your iron shots, if you miss a green, you're like, oh, this is yeah. easy, I can get something down. And that confidence will feed through the entire game, guaranteed. So. That's a big one for me. Like me and my putting coach are working quite hard to mm -hmm. really dial into that and make that a strength. Because um, once that is a strength, I feel like the game is really, really like solid, really mm -hmm. solid. So, and then obviously I've said to people, when you get into pro sport, it's, it's just a mental game. So if our stats are good and we go to an event and they're probably not so good, then okay, ask the question like, what's going through your head? How are you feeling? Like mm -hmm. what thoughts are coming up? And if there are quite a few, then you need to deal with them and ask yourself where are they coming from because you can't have them. You've just got to kind yeah. of, or well, you can have them, but you've got to be able to deal with them and stuff does come up and yeah, you want to limit those. So yeah, we've, we've talked a lot on the podcast before about kind of self-sabotage and again, business owners will feel it. Yeah. You know, anyone working in business and professional sport, again, the, the amount of pressure you put yourself under, like these self-sabotaging thoughts will come in like the judge will be like telling you that you don't deserve it or you're gonna mess up yeah. and, and again that becomes self-fulfilling doesn't it yeah it does like if you think that and then the feelings come along guarantee it's gonna happen yeah I mean if you're like there's been times um, <clears throat> you felt a bit like for me I felt a bit shaky off the tee and there's one feel in my swing though if it comes in like I have a thought in my head and it's like this is gonna unravel and mm -hmm. it's just a case and then it does. Yeah, yeah. and then and it then does. Put um, it in, you put it into the into the trees. Yeah, yeah. So like it's a little bit sort of, yeah, we've got to fix the technique as well, but you can't have those. Those thoughts. Up. Yeah, you can't. Like you've got to get them. It just should just be go up and hit as hard as you can, walk after it and find it. And mm -hmm. that's a really calm place to be. Um, mm -hmm. That's what the guys at the top are so good at doing. They're just completely processed. They do their little routine, their little waggle, hit the shot. As long as they're focused through that, that's all they can do. Mm -hmm. Anything else they can't do. I mean, that, that's why I just can't understand when someone's standing on the 18th mm -hmm. about on the cusp of winning a major. Yeah. So can, when they put it straight down the middle of the fairway, mm -hmm. I'm kind of like, well, mine would have been yeah. somewhere over there. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be there to start off with, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be in, the, in, in contention normally. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but if I did find myself in that position and then kind of caught myself, how would I feel like, yeah, this is when I'm going to mess up? Yeah. Well, that's the thing with them, like, they're not scared of success and they're also very much not scared of failure. So mm -hmm. standing in front of a crowd of 50,000, if they duff it, they probably don't care. Yeah. Hence, they don't think that they're going to duff it. Um, mm -hmm. So they'll just be there and they're like, oh, well, I'll give this my best shot. And that's all I can do. And when they're like that, or some of them are a bit more like child's play, they're like, oh, look at this, I can mm -hmm. rip this one in there. And it's like the final hole and they're almost showing off sort of thing to yeah. themselves. It's like, it's a very internal, motivation and then obviously everything around them kind of the pressure and the situation just falls to the it, it is so interesting and again that's where probably a lot of business falls down as everyone's so terrified of making a mistake that yeah they kind of go within themselves whilst mm. professional sport really shows us that like, you actually should be not being shouldn't be afraid of making a mistake or yeah. making or being be seen as a failure yeah that's where a lot of growth comes from yeah definitely i think when I say I was working on like a couple of mental things earlier, that's like a big one for me. Mm -hmm. um, not being scared to fail and kind of going out and taking what you can from the failure, mm -hmm. it's not failure, learning curve. Um, as long as you're being authentic to yeah. how you play, you know, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Then if you mm -hmm. take, well, I'm trying to think of an example, say obviously that case of you think things are going to unravel, they're going to unravel. Well, you can't really control where it's going to unravel. Like mm -hmm. if it unravels, fine, it unravels. So yeah. what? Like you just had a bad day. But until that happens, you're just there and you're giving it your best shot. And mm -hmm. if you could do that, then that's fine. That's all you can do. Exactly. So then all the thoughts kind of disappear for a bit. <clears throat> We've kind of touched on it a little bit already, but teamwork's obviously another area where there's a huge amount of comparison. And yeah. even like even within golf, which traditionally people will think is a, uh, a one-man band and an mm -hmm. individual just touring around by himself, it's actually yeah. nothing further than <clears throat> the truth, really, is it? No, I mean, obviously, in a business, you're going to be a business owner, you might have a partner, you've got employees, obviously a really nice environment would be to call it a team and mm -hmm. obviously work together to uplift the business like it's a yeah. really nice place to be because everyone feels like they've got a purpose and everyone's working really hard and mm -hmm. um, it's the same in golf like even a golfer yeah they go to an event they're all especially at lower levels they don't have a caddy it's them basically versus themselves i talk about obviously the thoughts it's just you versus you basically and mm -hmm. um, but until that happens i mean at amateur level is less so because people it's a lot of money to kind of take on a lot of coaches but at professional level they'll have four or five guys working for them and they're in constant contact all the time especially at the top and say oh something goes wrong in their swing like four days before the event they're like oh the guest and coach might be like look at this and all like, oh, right it's a bit of a restriction here mm -hmm. work on that tomorrow they go out tomorrow the coach is happy everyone's ticking boxes and everyone works together right until they're on that tee to get them just swinging it how they mm -hmm. should swing it could swing it want to swing it and then when it's there even then they've got a caddy so then it's them and their caddy just go in there to make decisions and make the best decisions to so it's, re it's relying on people expertise getting yeah. people in the right position yeah doing the right things just like you don't want your snc coach necessarily reading the greens for you that's what you want your caddy to be doing no. yeah <clears throat> but again businesses will hamstring themselves by having the, the wrong people in the wrong positions yeah and again professional sport will probably provide a very stark example of like when you can when you do things wrong like and how badly it can go it can go south very fast mm -hmm. you can learn that really quickly um and if there's an intuition that maybe something's not right generally it's not right you should be mm -hmm. saying something to your team and finding like why you've got this instinct um mm -hmm. i mean i had a period where i did struggle with my driver um there were a few things and i lost some weight lost some stability and lost my swing a bit because of that and obviously that started with a bit of this or a bit of that chicken and egg um mm -hmm. but yeah if you've got the wrong person in the team or someone's not pulling the weight then that will show like yeah. you can convince yourself all that you want oh, i really like them they're friend they're this they're that but no like they're excuses and you've really got to find out what works it's it is business mm -hmm. it is brutal and if you make it personal it'll really bite you in the bum quite fast yeah i think that's probably where a lot of smaller business owners come where they kind of have that initial success and looking to bring on people yeah and it is kind of that partnership slash um yeah they're looking for that that friend almost yeah to be yeah. the companion of on the business and a lot of times it works out at times it doesn't and it's mainly for that reason where they're not they're not pulling their weight they're not providing the insights they're not providing the expertise they're not yeah. holding you accountable yeah. when they should be yeah and again because professional sport is very coach driven yeah that's where that is an absolute necessity and coaching is something that's big in business as well there are business coaches out there 
but it's in terms of the dynamic isn't quite the same. It's similar, but yeah. there's not, you, you're not seeing them as, as regular. It's not, it, it is all still about accountability, but there's still bad coaches. <laughs> both bad coaches exist in both environments. Yeah, definitely. They both, they both have the same impact. Yeah. But I think business has learned a lot from sport and that's why coaching probably does exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and people are still seeing the benefits of it as well. Yeah, 100%. I think if you've got someone working for you in business or um, in my case golf, I think you want them to challenge you and challenge your thought processes and this and that. Like someone should always be kind of asking mm-hmm. you questions about, oh, why are you doing that? This Like that nagging voice, isn't it? And yeah. Because if they're doing that, they're almost, well, they're the opposite of you, aren't they? So if you're making your weaknesses, your weaknesses are probably their strength. I mean, yeah. me and my coach click quite a lot because we both value hard work, which is great. Um, I'm a bit more intuitive, but he's very data-driven, like 100%, he's off the scale data-driven. Whereas I'm more the other way. So you would argue one's not a strength or a weakness, but together they work quite well, because when I need to be data-driven, he's like, oh, well, he's constantly on my back to be much more data-driven, which is unreal, and it helps a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's also sort of, yeah, he's, when I get injured and stuff, I'm a little bit tentative, because I have had a bit of a past of things going and it being quite painful, and. Um, there are times in the place I feel where you need to crack on, but I'm on the safe side, whereas he's a bit more like, no, get some pills and crack on and play mm-hmm. golf. Like, it's your job. You can't just, yeah. like, it's no longer a hobby now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we work really well, actually. Like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. kind of chalk and cheese, but yeah, together it works. It really works. That's a really interesting mm-hmm. point there. A mindset for, for people is that people you don't necessarily get on with are the Great. polar opposite of Great. each other. Yeah. So you should actually almost embrace that as opposed yeah. to somebody. Like, if, I, I don't know what I would say, but like, if you're playing golf, like people are going to be saying, oh, do they like me, do they not? But if you're playing golf and you're playing with someone you don't like, that's great. Like, they'll be putting you off. They'll be putting you in situations where you are uncomfortable. And guess what? Mm-hmm. When, when it comes to the gun like, and you're playing golf, you are going to be uncomfortable. So these feelings that come up are the exact same feelings um, that come up on a golf course. So if you don't like someone, go play golf with them. Um, and you'll probably find out there are bits of them that they do like. Like, yeah, you saw, mm-hmm. you have your differences, but you probably get on with them quite well in certain places. But on the golf course, it's making you kind of, oh, I'm uncomfortable here. Like, mm-hmm. we obviously are completely different, and that's good as well. Like, anything or anyone that can challenge your values um, or has different values to you are probably a good, good, yeah, good to partner up with. I, t- I totally <laughs> agree. Then the next thing is probably a, num- a massive buzzword and, and somewhat obvious I suppose because there's an entire podcast named after it but um, high performance yeah I feel like well high performance started off in sport and now it's been just like this podcast has kind of been um, pushed out across like businesses as yeah. people have noticed the similarities between it and I'd just be really interested to get your views kind of on high performance <coughs> and where you know and, and how that can be better applied within business yeah so I mean, obviously, everyone in golf want, and business as well, they want to just get to the top, don't they? Mm-hmm. Um, at least most people do, and they want to end or grow it as big as they can, get as much money as they can, and do as well as they can. I mm-hmm. think that's pretty common. Um, yeah, you get the odd one that's like, oh, I'm quite happy to play a challenge tour, I'm quite happy to just have one like comfortable business, and that's, that's fine too. But mm-hmm. um, generally, I think with high performance, you've got to have that, I want it all. Um, and I want to be the best or I want to be this and 
or at least you want to be the best that you could be and that's mm -hmm. worth more to you than anything else um and yeah i mean i guess it comes down to i can only relate it to me i don't have a business obviously i've got myself which is mm -hmm. it is a business but it's not like the formal business is it um so i'd be like okay for me to be a great golfer we want to build a game of really like the utmost of tops stability so i want to hit my irons great or chipping them quite natural at um and i want to get better mm -hmm. at putting so we have you can kind of look at the players that haven't been as long off the tee in the past and be like oh well they're prolific at driving they're prolific at irons um they're streaky putters and they chip it pretty well and that's because there's a lot of players like that with those kind of stats that looks like a bit of a recipe to success mm -hmm. um so we're going to try and replicate that a little bit um and we want to just kind of we'll have a plan in the gym um without going too boring obviously a bit more stability so we can build some speed yeah. um driving was a big one for turning pro i needed to get that more stable very quickly and with the gym plan that worked quite well um and then with the putting coach yeah just those short putts uh, get those really solid and then if the stats say or match up then we're not too far away and mm -hmm. it's just like a head game um so it's kind of just chipping away little by little and but i suppose that what we're trying to say here is kind of high performance is kind of looking at those little <coughs> one percenters or where you need to really focus your own energy because yeah. you can't you can't make everything perfect all at once it needs to be no, it always needs to be kind of taking that step back taking that strategic view right well where do i need to focus my my yeah. time on because i've only got a certain amount of time <laughs> to actually focus on improvements here yeah exactly so okay you've got eight hours in the day i've got to work for mm -hmm. um say so to make it easy that's five days a week and i've got weekends so at work it's quite chill so that is kind of active recovery so that's fine so i don't need to really take too much time off for the minute mm -hmm. um plan for so i'll go like next few months um driving on at a bit speed okay how do you need speed well i need stability first so that goes to uh my pt angus and when he's like okay yeah we've got some stability which we do now um okay how am i going to get this speed so there are options i can bulk up i can move weights fast or i can do speed sticks mm -hmm. we're going to move weights fast and do speed sticks and that should lift it up yeah and then you can forecast how much it's going to bump it up and that forecast is like five mile an hour which is ideal okay so I'm now at 114, which is to average. Great. I'm like up there with the speed so I can compete. The distance is no longer an issue. Mm -hmm. um, I need to kind of, obviously I talk about these short putts. Okay, how am I going to hold sh more short putts? Right. Mm -hmm. I am actually pretty comfortable over the ball. So the start line, pace and green reading. My start line's great. Like I do all these drills with a gate, just knock it through the gate and the tolerance is really small. Yeah. Um, I don't want to get too finesse because it can get quite boring uh, mm -hmm. for a non-golfer, but basically, can you start the ball on mine? Great, you can do that. Okay, so what's your pace like? Can you hit it that far past the hole every time? Yeah, I'm pretty good at that. Okay, so it's my green reading because if I'm not holding putts and I'm good at those two, mm -hmm. then one's sticking out. Well, how do I work on green reading? Well, various ways like you can put two tees down and put the ball through the tee to go in the hole so you're kind of always seeing curves and doing that you can do hole and out drills um and then say the next step uh, this could may or may not happen bit of this like plan b forecast sort of thing i could get to the point where i'm doing it really well in practice and i'm doing these plans and they're executing really well and then i get on the course and it's not quite like mm -hmm. getting onto the course um 
in that case you can do performance drills and put a bit of like pressure on yourself um you can put like balls around the hole and knock them in one after the other and then if you don't hold the last one you Start go back again. to the first one yeah <laughs> exactly so yeah and you can make a pact to yourself it's all about honesty and accountability isn't it at the end of the day you can make a pact to yourself that i ain't leaving that button green until they've mm-hmm. all gone in and i can guarantee you if you're having a bad day it's going to drive you nuts. it's going to be there forever yeah which is mm-hmm. again like similar to the feelings that would come out on the course isn't it so everything's kind of replicating that in game mode and that is sort of what like performance is mm-hmm. i'm still learning i'm still massively on the way up but it was um, interesting you kind of went through a kind of some live examples about problem solving about where I need to focus my energy on being smart with your time yeah. rather than, well, I know that I'm good at this, I know that I'm good at that, so yeah. I need to focus on this as opposed to, well, I'll just split my time across these three things. Yeah, yeah, Because, exactly. yeah, you, not everything is perfectly even where you need to either focus on strengthening your strengths and bringing up your weaknesses as well. Yeah. So, yeah. And as exactly. I said, everyone's talking about a finite resource in time or energy or whatever. So yeah. you've got to, you've just got to, you've got to really be brutal and go like well this is what i need to spread my time on in order to get the most amount of benefit we talk yeah. about pareto, pareto analysis getting 80 percent of the benefit for 20 percent of the effort and it's just about being yeah, smart training smart smarter. training smart yeah mm-hmm. exactly that so say i've come up with all these plans and i'm like all right okay i'm going to plan my week now with those in mind um i mean I believe eight hours sleep is very good, so you need your sleep. So yeah, there'll be days where you don't get that, but try mm-hmm. and build it, because down the line, you're probably gonna get a bit tired. Um, some people might need a little bit less, something mm-hmm. like seven to eight, but I think four or five is like a little bit too low. Um, it's okay, mm-hmm. I finish work at, well, during the winter on average, probably around nine, 10 o'clock. So mm-hmm. that gives us six, six o'clock get out. So, I can't really eat in the morning, so go to the gym. Perfect. You're not wasting time waiting to put food down. You mm-hmm. can get in the gym 6.30, 6.15, um, 6.45 latest. Um, do your workout. Your body's ready for the day. It's ready to take on training. You feel good. Get mm-hmm. some food in. Go to the range at 9 o'clock. And then you are moving really well already. So then you can do your technical work. Because um, if you do it in the morning, you've got all the time in the afternoon to just let the body settle from all the training in the morning. So yeah. I think that's quite a good, you'd blast it in the morning and then do all the short stuff in the afternoon. Routine again. Yeah. Yeah. Again, um, being, being effective with your time, <clears throat> time management, a lot of stuff where business again is not maybe as efficient as it can be. Mm-hmm. And you'll just let it, you'll just let it, you'll let it rumble on as it, as it is. Yeah. Uh, you'll quite happily have like, well, I've got an hour meeting, let's just fill the hour. Yeah, and they're supposed to go. Well, hang on a second. If we take a step back here, how can we be more effective, more efficient, more productive? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like right. asking those questions is really so having that professional yeah. sport mindset, I suppose. Yeah, I think they coincide. I think you can say I'll oh, have a professional sport mindset, or you can say have a business mindset. I think mm-hmm. both of them are quite similar. Yeah, or very, very similar. It's all about just you should everything you should be doing or everything you are doing has a purpose for a goal, and that goal is obviously the goal you set and everything's kind of okay i want to be a golfer okay i want to be bus- uh, this business i want to be make it into a big franchise or i want to just expand or i want to have three three robs and leaders four robs and leaders um like everything that you do in your time i mean it's a really hard thing to do it's really, really hard but everything you do in your time should be towards that mm-hmm. and if it's not and you like there's something in the day where you're like oh, i am i have put an hour there for this but you know what, like, I don't need to do that. That's not really 
going towards that, I have to go in a different direction, okay, mm -hmm. like move it away, do what you need to do and plans change, it's okay to change plan. Um, just, I used to kind of get bogged down, oh, I've said I'm going to do this or do it, but mm -hmm. be smart, like if there's something that needs to be done and that's going to help you get to that goal faster, do that, don't do the hours thing that you said you're going to do that is actually going really well. Like mm -hmm. again, it's probably become a strength now, so you need to change plan a little yeah. bit. Or just doing doing it because it's easy rather than it's right. Yeah, exactly, exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. Like everything should be a little bit uncomfortable. It should be. Cause You're beyond your comfort zone. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it should be. It really should be. Like you should be thinking like, God, like that's not great. This is a long day. That yeah. kind of thing. Like you should mm -hmm. be thinking that because then you are working hard, and then you can tell yourself you're working hard, and then yeah, you're just constantly building confidence because mm -hmm. you are. You should be outworking the next guy and the next guy. That's what I feel like success comes from. So at least I believe that. I still mm -hmm. yet to prove it, but I believe that. So yeah. <clears throat> and I'm sure you will. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, I think we've kind of covered off everything we wanted to talk about. Um, there's been some really interesting stuff there, some really interesting comparisons between the two, which um, even like, even though we planned the podcast, we didn't necessarily feel like we were going to cover them, but it was really yeah. interesting to get some like, some really authentic thoughts off you. Uh, so thank you very much, so much for your time, Will. Um, so goes. Thank you for having me. No worries. Well, thank you very much for, for watching as well, guys, or listening. And uh, it would be really interesting to get your thoughts on kind of some other areas that we may not have been touched on, because as I said, this is a massive area which we could potentially be speaking about all day. So it'd be really <laughs> interesting to see any comparisons that you guys are have spotted and put them down in the comments. Um, but in the meantime, we'll catch you on the next one.